Welcome to this fitness and wellness journey podcast with me, Shalane McLaughlin. I'm an Alpha Master Instructor and Fitness Conference yeah. presenter. Every day is a step in your journey, and I'm so glad you're taking steps with me today. Get links to view this podcast on YouTube and more at getfit.shalanefit.com. So I'm not doing weekly podcasts anymore. I just don't have the room or capacity to do that mentally or physically. But we are going to try to do this hopefully once a month. So if you have any sort of ideas, please let me know. Um, if you can, please subscribe to my YouTube channel. It has all of these webinars on there. Um, I am trying to do that so that I can change my link to something more personalized. So if you can subscribe, that would really help me out. Uh, and the reason I did this seminar was I fell myself. And also, I, didn't, I was trying to get this to come in last month because September, the start of fall, actually the first week is Fall Prevention Awareness Week. Didn't know if you knew that was a, a thing, but um, leaves are supposed to fall. That's all good for leaves, not so good for people, right? So how can we fix this? So we're gonna talk about symptoms of balance uh, issues, uh, common risks, and then uh, some ideas to help you prevent falls and exercises to practice your balance. All right. Now this is what we think typically think of that lady, the lifeline, I've fallen and I can't get up kind of, you know, Mrs. Fletcher kind of thing. So we always think of ourselves, this is not us. Hi, Lenora, welcome. So uh, the typical person, hi, is that they have a history of falls, that they're in a wheelchair, that they're over 65, they're an elderly female, they live alone, they have lower prosthetic limbs or they use walkers or canes. However, that's only a small portion of the people who fall. If you're over 65, yes, your chances are drastically um, increased. But the reality is that um, one in three adults older than 65 fall every single year in the US. And that's every 11 seconds, an older adult is being treated in the emergency room for a fall. And every 19 minutes, an older adult dies from a fall. So this is actually something very uh, concerning that is preventable. So let's talk about some common myths. Now I gave you some statistics. So number one shouldn't apply. You think that falling happens to other people and not to me. But the thing is I actually fell multiple times this past year. Once I got out of my bathtub, which I normally don't take a bathtub, you know, take the baths, but um, I did and I stepped on the step and I fell and I bruised the entire side of my body. So I'm not 65 and I'm not living alone. I don't have a wheelchair, but I fell and it was really debilitating. I was in pain for a solid week. Now I know other people have fallen as well. My husband almost fell the other day walking the dog, which Sally happened to you, right? And Pets are another big thing of falling. We talked about can walking cause you injuries? That was another webinar that we had earlier last month or the month before. And um, 
that was one of the things we said to watch out for was walking with your dog and, and how to, there was an article about how to hold your leash and how to be a little safer. So um, the other thing is that falls are the lead, leading cause of in, fatal injury and the most common cause of non-fatal trauma-related hospital admissions among older adults. So that in just one year, in 2018, 36 million people fell and 8 million people had fall injuries that limited regular activities for at least a day or resulted in a medical visit. Now, more than 2.8 million injuries are treated in emergency departments annually, including over 800,000 hospitalization and more than 27,000 deaths. So this is a huge cost. Medicare, I think, shouldered something like 75% of costs. And in 2015, so this is a little dated, but I couldn't find anything sooner. The total cost of fall injuries was something like $50 billion, of which 75% went to Medicare and Medicaid. So this is a financial and physical toll for older adults, and it just is going to increase. And they say the estimate is um, something closer to $68 billion by, by 2020s, but I have not been able to find proof about that. Um, we all know that falls can severely impact our lives on our quality of life and as a result of falling, I've had a fear of falling. So I think this is something that's very common for a lot of people too, that then they limit their activities and their social engagements. And that then causes a spiraling effect of physical decline, depression, social isolation, which is not helped by COVID and feelings of helplessness. So this is uh, something that just is something is of concern for everyone. Uh, number two, falling is something normal that happens as you get older. So, you know, like this lady with the martini, uh, when I'm an old lady, I'm gonna leave little snack bags on the floor and when I fall, I'm gonna have snacks, right? Well, you know, that's great, Susie. <laughs> is that you? You're gonna leave little Moscow mules <laughs> on the side too. <laughs> so, um, it's great to anticipate falls, but it shouldn't be something that we accept as given. It should be something that we are seeking to prevent. So it's not a normal part of getting old. It's a normal part of us losing our balance and losing our flexibility and losing our strength. And all of those things we have control over. We also have control over our environment. So a lot of these things we can control and if we do, we can limit the number of falls that we have. Number three is if I stay, uh, limit my activity, I won't fall. And that actually is not true. Oh, look, Dara, you guys are so sweet. Um, the thing is, if you perform physical activities, it'll actually help you stay more independent and give you better stream, range of motion and um, be good for your overall health. So it actually, in nursing homes, the reason they don't give people wheelchairs is because people in wheelchairs tend to fall more than people who are out of wheelchairs. So if you are immobilized, 
and restrained in something like in a bed or in a chair, you can fall just as easily. Um, the other thing is people say, if I stay at home, I can avoid falling. That might be true, but there's a lot of hazards in the house. So we're gonna talk about that later. Um, number five, the myth is that you can lose flexibility and strength as you age and they can't be regained. And that is not true. Now, Dora, we were talking about kidney function and lung capacity and all this kind of stuff. We can always maintain. And it is a struggle because every year it gets harder and harder. But this is something if we work towards, we can, we can progress and improve. So it's never too late to start. And I always like um, to use Ruth Ginsburg because uh, uh, she was exercising and she was such an icon of, you know, just determination. I just love her. So I did post a video of her exercising in her 90s uh, a while ago, and she was just amazing. But she didn't start, I think, until later in life. It wasn't something that she was doing earlier. And there's quite a few people who start exercising as seniors who are seeing tremendous gains. Okay. Now, taking medication doesn't increase my risk of falling. It actually does. So we'll talk about that later, but anything that can um, change any sort of your circulation issues can cause falling. Vision, I don't need to check my vision every year. And that is another key factor for falling. Um, all sorts of vision loss can improve, um, improve your chances of falling and also hearing. This is not listened, list, listed, but if you have hearing issues, this also improves your chances of falling. So get them checked and get them, be aware. Using a cane or walker will make me more dependent. Um, my father was, he had very bad sciatica where it was debilitating and he refused to use his walker and he fell quite a few times before I said, dad, use the damn walker or you're gonna end up in the hospital. And you know what? He started using the walker and he was able to be more mobile at home than when he was without it. So if you're using it properly, it's gonna help you. The ninth one is a really big one. It's something that we don't wanna talk about um, to other people because it just says to people that, oh, you're getting cold, you're not gonna be, you know, you no longer can take care of yourself. And that's not true because everybody wants you to take care of your own self, right? So all the people around us want us to stay mobile. So the reality is that fall prevention is a team effort for people all in your family and your, your healthcare providers. So all of these things, is something that we need to face and be honest about. So do we have balance issues? People might think, you know, are any of these yeses for you? And if they are, just 
keep that in mind. Keep that in mind that you need to be aware of something. So it is a condition just like anything else. Like we think of, all right, I broke my leg. I now have to be aware of my leg because it's broken, right? So it's a very physical manifestation of, uh, of a problem that we have. However, when we have interior issues, like I'm not entirely steady, the room might be spinning. Um, I feel like I'm moving when I'm standing still, like all of these kind of things, you feel like you're starting to topple. Those are all signs your body is giving you to say, hey, maybe you should start check out all these other things around you and start keeping an eye on what you need to do for yourself, right? So um, this can also be something that is temporary and it could be something that is, you know, somewhat permanent. So schedule appointments with your doctor, refer to the medical staff, they're there to help you. Now, some medical common risks um, for falling are inner ear, circulatory issues, and lower joint issues. So it could be something that is um, temporary, like I went on a cruise, the Zumba cruise, <laughs> and I came back from that Zumba cruise and I was once sick and I was knocked for a loop too. I was, I had vertigo, I was standing up, falling down. Um, another time I um, took a, I was, oh, I was going to Africa for Move to Empower, actually I'm wearing the shirt. Um, and I had to take some yellow fever um, immunizations. And let me tell you, I took that and I stood up and I fell down the next day. I was like sleeping. I got up and I walked to answer the door and I literally just fell over. Um, and that was obviously something temporary, but you never know. Um, you, I had another time I had surgery and I lost my balance. So it could be a lot of different things. Um, just be aware of any changes and of yourself. So the other thing that people are not aware of is their feet. So if your feet have issues, like you can't bend up your toes, um, or if you're used to wearing shoes all the time and your feet get really lazy, then you won't have that neuromuscular um, proprioceptive kind of influences and nerve endings in your feet that tell you, oh, the ground is gonna be un uneven. So I would say a lot of times we train our bodies sometimes to do certain things. Another thing is medication. It is another time I, I switch blood pressure medications a lot, unfortunately. And once I took a brand new one, got up to, you know, do something in the kitchen and fell right down. Like it happens. So it's, it, I do sound like I fall down a lot, don't I? <laughs> and did you see the title when we had the program? I said, fall down seven. <laughs> and then the, the thing was hospitalization number eight. <laughs> so hopefully I'm not on eight. <laughs> 
you know, yes, we want to be able to get up. So that's that's the uh, key. So we have also things like our environment, the cat, the dog, wheelchairs uh, is a big one, uh, weather conditions, especially from my friends up north and in Utah with the ice uh, and uh, wet, wet floors. Throw scatter rugs, that's a big one in your house, a cluttered environment so you can't walk. When my, my father had um, his sciatic issues, I literally pulled everything out of his room and his house and then rearranged everything so he had a clear path to walk around, um, which was very difficult because he had a lot of things. Um, unfamiliar or dimly lit rooms and then the slippery type materials and bath showers and or kitchens. Okay, the cat looks cute when it's fallen down, but we don't look so cute when we're falling down. And uh, <laughs> there's things that we can do to fall proof ourselves. And yes, we can walk around wearing these like hip saddle bags that are inflated. But instead of that, let's talk about how we can fall proof our house. Instead of like baby proofing our house, let's talk about fall proofing our house. So, um, you guys want to unmute and you guys can chime in. Let me see. Unmute all of you guys. Wait a minute. There you go. You feel free to unmute. Okay. All right. So this is the bedroom. The before is on the left and then the after is on the right. So call out number one. What is missing? Lamp. Yep. So yes, so instead of the plant, let's replace it with a light so you can see at night. We were talking about prior to this insomnia and <laughs> getting up to go to the bathroom <laughs> in the middle of the night. And that's another big time for falling is when it's dimly lit. But you the also have all that stuff in the wood. Yes, yes. So number two is the throw rug, which is very decorative and the shoes, taking off your shoes and just letting them Lay wherever they go, tripping on those. Now, I would actually recommend, I'm Asian, so this I'm genetically prone to this, but we don't wear shoes inside the house. We are barefoot inside the house. <laughs> and um, I think that's really helpful to maintain foot health, to actually be able to spread your feet and walk around your house barefoot. Mm -hmm. And it also gives you more traction. If you do wear socks, it is slippery. So then shoes are probably a better alternative than socks, especially if you have barefoot bare wood floors or tile. But if you have an opportunity to walk around barefoot, actually the impact of walking builds up bone density as long as you're not like running or jumping. But if you are creating gentle impact, like for normal walk, walking, it will help you improve bone density. And also it would be less likely for you to trip over your shoes. What about number three, putting your phone within reach. That's a hard one to figure out because you can't see what that little white thing is. And number four is keeping that hallway clear. So trying to make sure that door is not blocked in any way, shape or form with a safer you know, in, in and out access. Now, the second one, 
let's see. Oops. In case you do have a, you know, um, walker, my dad would do this all the time. He would put the walker all the way across the room. And I'm like, dad, you need to get out of your bed. What if you fall getting to your walker? <laughs> but uh, so that is number one, keeping the walker close. Oh, number one actually is a nightlight. So having little or no lighting can lead to falls. I don't actually like having the nightlight right there because for me, I have a hard time sleeping with any sort of lights in the room. So if I happen to be sleeping towards the outside, which I tend to be, then that nightlight would be shining my eyes. It would drive me bonkers. But um, having some sort of nightlight is super helpful. And Suze would know we stayed at this hotel in Orlando. And the coolest <laughs> thing about this hotel, Suze, tell me about it. Uh, when you, you go into the bathroom, it like lights up automatically. It senses your foot feet or something. Yeah, it was the coolest thing. At night, the um, there were little tiny sensors underneath the nightstands. And so when you got up out of bed, underneath the nightstand would light up. And so it wasn't a bright light. It actually was very dim and it was pointed down and it just lit up enough of the way so you would get out of bed and then walk to the bathroom and then, then the bathroom would have these like low nightlights. Mm -hmm. So that was super awesome because most hotels don't do that. They always have those like super bright lights for everything, right? And then you are, you're wide awake and you can't go back to sleep. Um, okay, we already talked about number two. What about number three? Bedding on the floor. Yes, yes. So draped bedding is a tripping hazard. Um, so if you keep your floor clean, that will just help you out in general, having cords on the floor. All of those things like that um, can be a hazard. The other thing that people don't think about um, that happened for my grandmother, which is why she fell out of her bed, was because her bed was too high. So she was in this, um, so in Taiwan, you can rent apartments really, really cheap. So my, my grandmother moved there. They were able to hire her full-time live-in help. And my uncle and aunt stayed there to take care of her. And so they were in this like rental place and it was beautiful apartment, but the bed was too high and the tub was too high. So when she got out of bed to try to swing her legs down, she just slipped off the bed and fell in and um, fractured her hip. So a good height is if you can swing your legs out of bed and you're sitting down and your feet touch the floor when you're sitting on the bed without um, super straightening of your legs, then you're in good shape. So that's a good one. And also helps you get in and out of your bed too. So if your bed is too high, that is also something that is a bit of more of a strain. Okay, let's see, another one. Bathroom, that's a really common one. What do you guys think? Grab bar, I like that. <laughs> the grab bars. Yeah, you know, the grab bars, they're not, you know, super slightly, but you know what, in Florida, where a bunch of us are, that actually adds to the value of your house. <laughs> right, oh, everybody yeah. else. Mm. Everybody's needing them. So we, um, grab bars are not a terrible thing. And um, they're usually very easy to install. 
and it is very handy for you. Now, I do wanna mention something that we talk about in terms of physical fitness when we train as athletes or uh, as people that also affect us as we age is we try to train for flexibility and mobility, right? But we also have to talk about stabilization. So what happens is when we fall is our body on one part is supposed to be stable, but then the other part goes somewhere is un unanticipated. So it's like when you step on a piece of ice and you slip, you know, your legs are expecting to be straight up and down, but they go flying, your body's still standing still, your legs go moving, right? So it happens a lot where half of our body, either our left side or the right side, um, like you're reaching for something and then you topple over or, um, or if you're twisting and turning and trying to grab something. So things like that, if we have stability, it creates more mobility. So when we have a bar and we fall, we're creating stability so that we have more range of motion and our body has more flexibility and mobility to move the way that it wasn't meant to move, which is, you know, with our feet flying out. So um, it also forces us to slow things down, which I think is super key for adults. And my, my parents and my grandmother, they were always in a rush to get up. My dad would jump out of bed or jump out of the chair and go running somewhere. And I said, dad, slow down. Like, where, where do you gotta go? So it is, it is something good to, actually focus and say, grab this, then get up. Because, you know, as we talk about doing squats, right? People get in and out of chairs all the time. They think squats are for young people, but squats is what helps us get off that potty as we age. And how we practice doing that is not by doing it fast. We practice by doing it slow. So we, we wanna make sure we're really engaging our muscles as we're doing it preventing injuries to our bodies. The number three is always common in every single one of these rooms. I don't know how this person has throw rugs in every single one of their rooms, but this one does. Um, <laughs> I do personally like um, a bath mat because I don't like stepping out and wet feet on, you know, laminated floor or tile floor or, so make sure your bath mat is non-skid and that it is actually on the ground. So sometimes the non-skid mats, you just like throw it there and they are like floating on the ground. They're not like securely tightened um, on there. Okay, let's see, kitchens. If we have pets, a lot of times um, it's handy and easy to put our pet bowls down, but anything on our floor I skipped number one, didn't I? Sure, I sure did. Um, the throw rugs again, I like using um, the non-skid easy cushion mats for your knees and your back, especially wherever you're standing by your sink or your stove. But moving your pets to like the laundry room or somewhere else, it actually is good training dog. My, I have a dog, he is uh, 
licensed therapy dog. And so I do a lot of training with him and it is actually better for them not to eat in spaces where you eat. So it might be more convenient for us, but you're training them to beg for food and eat and associate that with where you're eating. So you don't want to do that. You want to separate that. Um, the other thing is to put things that we commonly use in hard to reach places. So either objects are in too low or objects are too high, move all those things around so that all the things that you use the most are right where they are supposed to be. Okay, now you guys better talk. Let's see, living room. Number one, this is a gimme, go on. <laughs> is that a throw rug? <laughs> <laughs> I clicked it by accident. Let's see, I did that by accident. Okay, yes, throw rug. Cord for two. Looks like a cord by the chair. Yes, yes. Exposed cords, like extension cords, power cords, telephone cords. Although I don't have a telephone in my house. I don't, we only have cell phones. We, we actually don't have a landline. <laughs> um, so that's one less cord near our house, but our Computers are plugged in. We have all sorts of things plugged in, right? So try not to get them across walkways. Try to um, put them places where they're not gonna block where you're walking. Number three, Sue's. Is, is that a knitting project? <laughs> yes, it's a knitting project. I have, I have baskets like that <laughs> and projects like that. <laughs> so they just said to, you know, put it out of the, walking way. So either mm -hmm. putting it on the couch or on an end table next to you or um, on the coffee table in front of you, but not literally where you would get up to go answer the phone or go into the kitchen or something like that. So those all seem very common sense, but is something that we need to remind ourselves because we always say, oh, it's not going to happen to us, but then when it's the bad one, that's the bad one we're trying to prevent. So it, this takes years, because we've had years of conditioning that this okay things to do. Now we have years of deconditioning ourselves to do those type of things, right? Now in Florida, luckily we don't have a lot of stairways. And, and at the doctor's office, I saw a sign that said it had a, this doctor's office for some weird reason had stairs and it had signs and it said, please ask your doctor if you can use the stairs. <laughs> and, it's, and it's go figure, we're in Florida. Um, so uh, hallways is another one, but stairs are very dangerous places, especially if they are not lit and two, if they don't have handrails. And if you have handrails, use them. That's the other thing, people don't use their handrails. Um, the last thing you can do is fix your lighting. So low level lights really increase your risks of falling. So ceiling lights with nice switches or um, auto lights, automatic lights. There are so many options right now that you can get for lighting that is motion sensor and they are cheap. So you can just go out there, Google it on Amazon and find tons of options and they're all very inexpensive. They're like plug-in type things. You have all sorts of options and price points. You can make it high um, cost 
or you can make it low cost. All right. Now, how to prevent falls with your posture. You basically wanna check yourself before you wreck yourself. You know I talk about that. Dara, you like that one, right? <laughs> you know I talk about the kinetic chain all the time. So you know I have to bring up the kinetic chain checkpoints. Basically, my mom always looked on the ground because she was looking for money. We lived in New York City and people would drop stuff and she would always find money. So she would always look for money. And I tell you, I went to Taiwan to visit her in December and she took such a big tumble right in front of me. She flipped over, her feet went flying, her shoe came off, she fell over on her head. And I was like, oh my goodness, mom, are you okay? And she's like, fine, I'm no problem. She jumps back up. Meanwhile, she's, you know, mid seventies. And I'm like, oh, mom, this is very troublesome to me. <laughs> so did you guys go? I don't know if you saw, but in the, in the beginning slide, I asked you to go get something heavy, like a gallon container or a big water bottle or a weight or something. Well, if you had a weight, you would know that it is very heavy, right? Hold it in front of you. Now, if you move it to the side, guess what? Your whole body is going to go off to the side, right? I have a big, I have a big speaker in front of me. So if you have this and you're trying to balance this out, it's going to go wherever you're going to go, wherever this thing is going. Yes. Guess what? Your head is eight to 15 pounds. Your head is eight to 15 pounds. So if you can imagine a bowling ball, that's how much your head weighs. So yeah, so hold the weight. And then if you bring it to one side, you are gonna go to the other side. So that's what happens with your head. If your head is down and you, your head just goes a little bit past where it's supposed to go, you're gonna go flying. Sorry about that. Can you check that please? Thanks, Jay. All right, so um, the other thing is in Zumba and Zumba Gold, we do this move that just seems like it's super fun, but it actually is super helpful for you to keep your balance. So we have this move where we pretend that there's a hoop and you put your head through the loop hoop and then come your head around. So you put your head through the hoop and you bring it up around. Right, so what did you do? You are gonna go sideways, but if you turn your head, you're gonna go the up opposite way. So if you're falling this way, bring your head this way, the opposite way, and you'll straighten up. So if you're falling, lean over the op, put your head to tilt your head to the opposite way that you're falling. Don't don't have your head go the same direction as you're falling. Push it the opposite way, and it'll kind of help you balance out yourself. The other thing is when you're walking, look with your eyes all around for money and for obstacles on the floor, including pets. <laughs> so, but gaze like wide eyes, like when you're driving, you can't look right in front of your car at right whatever is in front of your headlights. When you're driving, you have to look at all the cars around you, right? So it's the same thing when you're walking. And 
the benefit of that is that your head is now balanced over your body and your spine and you're more in line and less likely to fall. Shoulders. I talked about in Optima, Sally, you saw this and Susie, you actually saw this too, mm -hmm. putting your shoulders in your back pockets or squeezing arm, uh, oranges in your armpits and that brings your shoulders up. When we were talking about walking, we did this kind of motion, bring your hands up and around and then it keeps your shoulders up, right? So having that good posture also is keeping your head in line. Having your abs really engaged. We, we talked last webinar was about the core. So everything about the core. And that is super important for posture because if we have a strong core, we're able to shift when we need to and not hurt our back. So when we talk about movements and we were talking about separating, we wanna think about separate, separating our upper body from our lower body and our left side from our right side. And everything, all of that would come through from our core. So we wanna make sure we engage that. Our knees are supposed to be slightly bent, micro bent. Um, oh, our hips are supposed to be level. I forgot to mention that. Um, the knees are supposed to be soft. They're not hyperextended, so we don't block off um, circulation to our feet, and then we can pass out. So they have to be slightly bent. And also, if your knees are slightly bent, you have more range of motion. You're able to move in more unanticipated ways than if your legs were straight. So if you guys want, um, we'll do this exercise right after, okay? Your feet are going to be in line with your knees, in line with your second and third toes. So your feet are pointed in the same direction as your um, knees, and they are only gonna walk forward. So you're gonna try to walk forward and not like turning around backwards or twisting around and turning. I have a visitor. Do you guys want to see my visitor? <laughs> okay. All right. So everybody do this with me. Stand up and put your feet straight ahead. Put your knees hip width apart from your, uh, your feet, knees hip width apart. Good. Your hips are nice and level. Engage your core, shoulders around and back. Head is in line, pushing that base, right? Double chinning ourselves. And then from here, bend your knees slightly. Your feet are straight. Now, if I say go to the left, you guys can go to the left or go to the right, right? Very easy. You can shift forward and backwards and you'll have a lot more balance. Now, now let's say stand straight and turn one foot out and try to straighten your knees a little bit more. Be very careful. Now try to slowly move in different directions and see how able you are to move, right? So now you don't feel as balanced because you're not in perfect kinetic alignment, right? Does that make a difference to your movement? Now, if you're standing still and you lock your knees and you push your knees straight and then try to move sideways and forwards and backwards. Forward and backwards is not a problem, but then all of a sudden you're like a little more discombobulated. Do you feel the difference? 
Yes. All right. So this is why kinetic chain is the basis of our movement. And I always beat people over the head with it. <laughs> All right. Uh, so the strong core is super important. We talked about it last week and a lot of exercises to do besides the typical ones that we normally think about. But um, the lack of a consistent exercise program was one of the variables associated with a higher risk of falls. So the more we exercise correctly and safely, the better it is for us. All right. Now exercises, the final thing, exercises for balance they should do one of three things. They should increase strength in our core, legs, butts, ankles, or they should, and or, <laughs> they should loosen shoulders, hips, calves. They should, then the final thing is build coordination, uh, coordination proprioception, and mental readiness. So those are all things that we have to practice because they all lose, um, we lose all of those as we age. The increasing of strength is when you wanna feel the activation. So if you are doing an exercise and you don't feel it in your core, butt, legs, or ankles, or the muscles around your ankles, then I don't know if that's gonna be super great for your balance, right? Additionally, the, the exercises that you do, if they're tightening your shoulders, hips, calves, also might not be super great for your balance. Those are the shoulders, your hips and your calves are always tight and those should be stretched. So the, the muscles that we are trying to loosen and stretch are the ones that we want to have more flexibility in. So if we exercise them, like doing tons of calf raises with weights is actually kind of counterintuitive to balance, believe it or not. So I, I mean, calf raises, toe raises are good, but I would not do them with weights for balance. For increasing calf definition, yes, but for balance, no. The other thing we wanna do is make sure we are increasing our sense of self and space. So where we are, how we are, if we can touch our nose, like if we're drunk, right? We can't, one of the sobriety tests. <laughs> what are you laughing for, Suze? <laughs> Did this happen to you in Utah? <laughs> no. So, you know, um, this is great because we know where our nose is and where we are, but if we are reaching for things and that actually goes as we age. So you can, the harder thing to do is doing it with your eyes closed. So if you wanna close your eyes and then touch your nose, that is harder than opening your eyes and touching your nose, right? So any sort of exercises, if you can do them, great. If you can't do them, do them with all your limbs on the floor and close your eyes and that'll make it harder. Okay, so let's just talk about exercises really quick. Great exercises for balance are one-legged standing. So if you are a stork, you can either um, stand behind a chair if you are um, 
compromised in any way, shape or form or a counter. So you don't wanna do anything with wheels, something that's sturdy, hold on to it and lift up on one foot. Now, a harder way of challenging yourself and engaging your core is if you have one, you have both feet. Uh, I'm trying to do this. This is not a good thing to demonstrate. Okay, so both feet are standing, right? What you can do is go up on one toe, the other foot is pushed into the ground, lift up on the toe. That's hard. So if you wanna then push your foot down and then just lift up on the toe, that'll be more hard than just trying to lift your whole leg and your foot off the floor. So trying to talk about nuanced small movements will really challenge your core and your balance. So those are, we're not talking about trying to get your foot up high off the ground. We are really talking about small movements that will challenge your internal um, balancing movements. Um, now, if you want to add the complexity to this, we're going to add an arm and increase your levers. So we're gonna try to raise your arm and then, or raise it here or raise it here and also lift up the same foot. Let's see it there. No, not the opposite foot, same foot. Now, the reason I'm saying the same side is because that throws you off balance. The easier thing for us to do is lift the opposite foot and the opposite arm, because then we're an imbalance, because our arm is balancing out our foot. But if you raise the same foot and the same arm, that is harder. So you might need um, to hold on to the counter to get yourself to do that. Another exercise is a tightrope. Now, when we are talking about an exercising like for lunges and squats and stuff like that, we never want to be in the tightrope where our our heels and our feet are right on top of each other. But in this exercise, it actually is good because it's forcing us off balance. And so if you can walk along your kitchen counter and have the counter next to you for balance, and you wanna do heel toe, but in line with each other. So then if you have planks on your floor, you know, this is a good way to walk in a nice straight line. And if you are doing that, make sure you're squeezing your inner thighs so that you're creating balance. So that will exercise your legs and also work on your um, abductors. Dara, you got a question? Or are you trying to practice the exercise? <laughs> All right, if you guys have questions, please ask, please ask. Um, the third exercise is called rock the boat. So She's this having is too much fun practicing, by the way. Good, 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 good. That's what I love to hear. So the last one, uh, the third exercise is rock the boat. You have your feet hip width apart and your body is level and then shift from one leg and then the other leg. So then you're going from one side to the other side. And always with any of these exercises for balance, feel free to do any of these exercises. And then if now, you want to stand on one side and hold it and then shift to the other leg and then hold it. Now, try to keep your head level. So if you have a, you know, a level like those things that the builders have, that your head is level. So your head's not tilting to the side because guess what? Your head's going to throw you off balance, right? So 
those are really good for engaging your ankles and creating ankle mobility. The clock reach is one that we do in Zumba class a lot. So um, that's when you pretend you're standing in the middle of the clock and you go from 12 o'clock to six o'clock and then from six o'clock to 12, 12 o'clock again, but with your left and the right side. So you can do that with a chair or on the counter again. Um, and you can do it with your toes and also with your arms. So you can get your arms around and then your toes around. So getting yourself in all different directions. Um, flat back leg raises, super great. Anything that works your posterior chain or um, any of the muscles along the back of your body are super great because those are super weak muscles for most of us. The only thing is back leg raises, please, please, please watch your lower back. You can hurt yourself arching yourself, trying to get your leg up there, but that's not the point. The point is to squeeze your butt muscle. Wherever that butt muscle squeezes and your leg happens to be, fine. That's great. As long as you feel it in your butt, you don't want to feel it in your lower back. So really engage that core before you squeeze your butt. And those are great. Um, side leg raises. A lot of people trying to get their legs all the way up. Again, your leg doesn't go that high. <laughs> Anatomically, your hips are not, you know, the socket joint is not gonna go there. So you're gonna just go as high as you need to be and then think about squeezing your inner thighs on the way down and squeezing your outer thigh on the way up. So really uh, focus on hip mobility and not so much height. Okay, balancing this stick in your hand, like we were, well, this is very heavy, but you wanna balance something in your hand and then switch to the other side. And if, if you can do it farther out, so a broomstick is something you can balance or a water bottle or an empty water bottle or um, whatever, you, whatever you have handy. Dara's going to look at, I love it. Um, <laughs> so the reason we do that is to help our sense of proprioception and also our reaction time. So it's that number three that we're working on, right? Great. Wall push-ups, amazing for you. The thing with pushing against the wall is making sure your hips are not standing up over your legs. So you, ha you have to be at some sort of incline, whatever that incline may be. And if you are more physically fit, go to a bench or a chair or your sofa, if, if, if it's firm, and do push-ups there. Push-ups are great. Um, marching in place. This is, uh, Dara, where we were talking about the opposite arm and leg. So we always work on the senior fit classes in terms of doing the opposite arm in motion to create eight balance. So in some movements, we're trying to force imbalance to really tighten our core. And in some cases, such as marching, we wanna force our bodies to remember to ambulate, ambulate properly. So it is having that nice gait of opposite arm and opposite leg to keep our body in peak kinetic form. 
Um, number 10, I love this. I do this all the time for my aqua uh, students is walking backwards. So this is very dangerous at home if you have all sorts of things in your house or outside if you don't know if the ground is flat. But in the pool, this is a great thing to do. And when we walk backwards, we really work on um, stretching the calves, amazing. And then two, working our um, anterior tibialis, which is the front of the calves, the opposing muscle from the calves. And that is a muscle that is really weak. And what that does is forces us to lift our ankle and increase ankle mobility. And that is a win-win for all counts. So if you can't, if you can't pick up your feet to walk, then you can't do that heel toe, right? And that forces you to shuffle. So, you know, you see the typical old person who think about shuffling over and shuffling their feet. Those are the people that will be more likely to fall and that's not us. So we're gonna have really good posture. We're gonna have up raised shoulders and step with our feet. So that will um, decrease the risk of falling. Um, toe lifts, we were talking about that earlier. Now, the reason I think toe lifts are great is it really is a good way to check your posture. Make sure your knees are slightly bent down. So if you're coming up on your toes, check to see if your head's going forward or if you're leaning back. And this is something that we could practice all the time. So if you're at the kitchen sink and you're stirring the pot and you're just standing there waiting for the water to boil, it's a good thing to try to practice standing up Come on, Joe, do it, Joe. Come on, Joe, you can do it. <laughs> so, you know, that's a good thing. Or if you're standing in line at the store, six feet apart from somebody else, try to do the one-legged thing. Pick one foot up. Um, who cares what anybody thinks about you? You know, like you can do a lot of these exercises when you are just around the house. And the more that you can incorporate them into your daily life, the better it is for you in the long run. I love that too, Dara, the side bends. Those are great. Actually, I did not put them in there, but that should be number 17. Um, shoulder rolls, always roll those shoulders back. That always feels so good. Let's just do one right here. Then I feel good. Yep, because when we're on front of the computer or on the phone, we're always hunched over. Um, and then any sort of hand or finger exercises, like pretend you're walking up a wall and walking them back down, any sort of shoulder mobility is great. So I know door that might be hard for one shoulder, but that's okay, do what you can, you know? Um, do the thing where you reach your hand around and try to grab your right hand with your uh, left and then walking one arm um, towards the other elbow, switching and then doing the other side and that will open up your shoulders, this kind of shoulder exercise to create shoulder movement, this kind of shoulder exercises, anything to open up those shoulders and then exercising our hands and fingers. Calf stretches. So stretching calves are super great to keep your ankles mobile. So if your calf is tight, it'll tighten your ankles up. It'll impinge your squats and lunges and all sorts of walking habits. 
So um, for NASM, I know Sally, you're into the thing. If you do the squat, overhead squat analysis and the arms and the people do the excessive forward lean and they put the plank or something underneath and then now you do the, the squat and your arms don't hang down, then it is calf tight, your calf is tight, I'm sorry. So then the calf impingement is super important in terms of being able to walk properly, okay. So stretching of the calves, we do the calf stretch all the time. You can push your ball of your foot up against the wall and then push into the heel. You can grab a towel and pull onto your calf. You can um, sit on a chair and push into a stool. You can stand on a step and push down on your calf. So you can stretch in a variety of different ways. Um, let's see, knee curls. So hamstring curls, watch your lower back arching, but you can even sit in a chair and curl your leg underneath you and try to straighten out the leg and lift up your heel. If you can keep your foot flexed, it will be a little bit um, more activation for your ankle. Let's see, leg raises. So you can do that when you're seated and you bend your knees and you just lift them straight up in front of you. Um, you can do them standing. The point is to do it slowly with a straight leg, as straight as you can make it, and flexing your foot. So instead of pointing your foot, really flex that foot and try to um, feel it in the thigh. So in that one, we're working on the quads and keeping the ankle flexed is gonna help us, one, maintain stability, and then two, work our ankles as well. All right, if you want to, I'll send this out. This is like a, a game, shoots and ladders for fall prevention. Somebody created this, I thought it was kind of funny. Game to play <laughs> with your friends. <laughs> oh, don't get me started. Okay, <laughs> hi, Penny. Probably um, I achieved my goal to inspire you to prioritize your health and wellness. Follow shalanefit.eventbrite.com to be notified of our next live discussion. Slideshows, links, articles, and more at getfit.shalanefit.com. If you learned something new that helped you, please help me and subscribe to my channel or give me a like on this podcast. Thank you for joining me.